Hello there. Welcome along to the podcast, Sport and Life. Ed Draper here, or Teddy Draper, if you might know me, uh, as sports broadcaster in the UK. Welcome along. I hope you're well. Thank you to the sponsors of the podcast again, Bang & Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV. Purveyors of not only the finest Bang & Olufsen equipment, but through that brother company, sister company, Serene AV, they can deck out your home with bespoke entertainment systems, masters of uh, brilliant and seamless installations. Check out Jason Briggs and his team, Bang & Olufsen, Cheltenham, just around the corner from here, the physical store, but check them out online on the website, social media, and either on Twitter and Instagram, Bang & Olufsen, Cheltenham and uh, get in touch with those guys if you want to, some new audio equipment or whatever it might be, home entertainment systems, not just Bang & Olufsen equipment, TV monitors, the whole uh, kit and caboodle. Uh, big thank you to Cytoplan for the association with the podcast as well. Supplements, I suppose, on our minds with immunity and everything with the coronavirus situation, but also kids going back to school at the moment. We're all getting back to work and just the general coughs, colds and flus that will come around this winter. And in terms of optimizing our immunity as a family under the stewardship of my father, Dr. Mark Draper, who is a nutritionist as well as a GP, general practitioner. And he's been consulting with Cytoplan for a number of years. I think we've been taking their supplements for a couple of decades. And uh, cytoplan.co.uk, you can get a 10% discount if you want to uh, check out their supplement range, including Immunovite, which is one that I take to optimize my immunity, I-M-M-U-N-O-V-Y-T-E. If you go to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, you can get a 10% discount with the code DRAPER10, my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, and then one zero. Um, and uh, thank you to them for the uh, association. Good stuff. I hope you like this podcast coming up. Really uh, interesting character. It's a guy who I met through my wife, who's a graphic designer. And Jamie Rudd normally was a graphic designer up until a couple of years ago. He still is, but... Had a horror car accident on the A40 just outside of Cheltenham. He's a local guy to me in the west of England. And he had to get pulled from the wreckage. Came very close, he believes, to seeing the light, to passing on from this realm, to dying. And, and his appreciation was was fascinating of life and that moment of joy and how he has kind of vowed to seize the day and seek out people who do that. And as part of that, him and his good friend Chris Bolton, who's a really talented photographer, again local here in Gloucestershire, um, they decided to make a magazine, a physical, tactile magazine to kind of interview and to bring to light the stories of some really inspirational people, both in this country and they travel to the United States of America as well. People have been on the podcast like Lucy Shepard are on there. She's an adventurer in the Arctic and the, and the jungles as well. Um, and just to seek, I guess, that elixir of, of enjoying life and, and making the most of it, not getting too bogged down in our jobs, bills and the general rigmarole of daily life. But really interesting to uh, speak with Jamie about that, that, that sort of reality of, of coming close when you realize the fragility and the beauty of life and how sometimes we do get sidetracked, maybe through distraction, maybe that's necessary to, to kind of take us away from the, the reality of our mortality. But then perhaps we fail to, to enjoy it because we get bogged down in stuff that doesn't really matter, maybe. But it's an interesting uh, character, an interesting magazine. Looking forward to reading it. Soul Kind is the name of the magazine. Google Soul Kind, the website comes up. You'll be able to get in touch uh, with Jamie and the team and order a, order a copy there or get a subscription. He'll talk about that in due course. And also, the, uh, I guess, the reality of when you do a physical magazine of having to charge for content and quality versus quantity that we've got so much quantity on the internet now that maybe sometimes the, the great works of, of journalism, of photography are getting lost a little bit in that blur of, of easy, cheap content <laughs> like this podcast. Anyway... 
I hope you enjoy it. Here it is. Uh, Jamie Rudd, the editor, managing director, writer, um, everything else for Soul Kind Magazine. Jamie. Ed, how are you? I'm very well, sir. How are you? I'm not bad. Thank you. Good, good. <laughs> I've got to do the introduction for this later. I was wondering what to call you in regards to the Soul Kind Magazine, because obviously you're a graphic designer by trade, but you tried your hand at writing, you're I guess editor as well, you're the, the whole package, aren't you? I literally am the whole package, you know. I like I like to think I'm a journalist now. <laughs> <laughs> we all round it, yeah. It's great. So how's it yeah. been? You got the physical copies of this mammoth magazine. That must be oh, awesome. Do you know what? I mean, yes, it is. It is quite funny. Because when we got it, I mean I I got a box full of them and I invited Chris round. Yeah, and uh, and I thought, you know what, I can't, I can't even take a quick peek. I wanted, I wanted to like, <laughs> I wanted both of us to be there together. Do you know what I mean? And like, do it together. And uh, when we opened it, yeah, it just it's amazing. It's Good. amazing to see it come to fruition finally. Good for yes. you. Good for you. It's, Chris is a photographer. We should say he's done some amazing photography for it too. Very talented guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phenomenal photographer. Um, and obviously, it, what it, it's kind of what makes the magazine to a degree, as well as the phenomenal writing, of course. But yeah, um, yeah, you know, it, it's. I suppose when we when we did it, it was like I, I thought all of a sudden I thought, hang on a minute, I'm a designer, <laughs> he's a photographer. Let's just bring the two together and do something we love and see what happens. Yeah, you travel. We travel. You literally went across the globe to the United States, interviewed some wonderful people. Just reel off a few. We'll get into the backstory of where it came about and your kind of yeah. car- carpe diem life, you know, threatening experience. But before that, who, who have you who have you got in the magazine? Let's let's put it out there because some fascinating characters, inspiring characters. Yeah. So I mean, without going into all of them, um, you know, the, one of the first people we interviewed was uh, a girl called Lucy Shepherd, mm. and. Uh, She's been on the podcast. She's on this podcast. If you want to look back as well. Yeah, we put her in touch, didn't we? So yeah, um, yeah. So you, so you know all about her. But she's the kind of young go-getter adventurer that um, that basically she 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 got accepted into the Royal Geographical Society. I think she was one of the youngest people to do that. Mm. And um, she's she's an adventurer in her own right. So an incredible story there. Um, Sean Conway, who's a bit of a nutcase with a big beard, who. Um, <laughs> He's a multi-record breaker for, for kind of. I think he's got the he's got the longest triathlon uh, ever recorded. Really, I think that was a world record. The trouble is, we spoke to so many people about all these different achievements <laughs> and records. You don't know sometimes what's a record and what isn't. You know, you got to go back and read the magazine, Jamie. That's the thing. Yeah, do you know what? Do you know what? I literally do have to do that. I need to go and sit down with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it again. but Lucy, yeah, she was a fascinating character. She's on the podcast. She looked back. I think I spoke to her maybe the start of this year or the end of last year. So listeners, you can, you can look back at, at that. But she's in her 20s, very young, but she leads polar expeditions. She actually has people come out with her and, you know, middle-aged people. She, she kind of gets them to survive in, in Arctic conditions and stuff. And, but she's yeah. been to the jungle again this year, hasn't she? But she also has a duality to her because she likes, you know, living in London, albeit near, near greenery and in parks. But she, she's got a job in, in TV production and she, uh, she likes the city life as well. So she's sort of very rounded individual it's quite she is, quite, and, she's, yeah. and she's a she's a great demonstration of like making it work you know and and we when we started to do this magazine it was about it was about breaking down the barriers to get to these people because uh, you know we've said it en- enough but they're all just normal people yeah and, and lucy's just a normal girl you know she saves her money up and puts it in a pot and then and then thinks about her next expedition and that's a that's a huge thing because i think i think there's this preconception that you know these 
these adventurers have have kind of got it easy and they they get money coming flooding in from all sorts of angles and 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 it's just there on a plat- mm. platform for them but it's literally not you know she has to she has to hold down a job and uh work like anyone else to to make it happen so so you're right yeah yeah but, but we also um obviously we went across the pond to meet uh the iron cowboy james lawrence who's a pretty significant chap in the world of iron men and triathletes mm. Um, who did the 50-50-50 challenge, which was uh, 50 Ironmans and 50 days in 50 states of America, which is just an incredible feat. You know, if you're in that, if you're in that kind of zone, that is, <laughs> that's just, a, as you well know, Ed, in the... In the Sounds brutal. Arena, yeah. It's just a, an incredible feat, uh, an incredible achievement that people said there is no way you could ever do that. Mm. And, you know, and he, and he did it. And, and he, when we were over there, he said to us, you know, um, I, I want to do the hundred. So that's, you know, it was sort of, it was off the record, if you like. And mm. that, no, no, it's off yeah. the record. Sorry, James. But, uh, you know, he said, that's my ambition is to do a hundred. And I wouldn't write him off. I wouldn't write him <laughs> off to do it. You know? So what, 50 miles cycling, 50 miles running, 50 miles? Well, no, so no, so an Ironman is a full marathon. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a two and a something mile swim. Okay, yeah. And a and a hundred mile cycle. And he did how many? Of that? He did fifty of those, did he? He did Don't fifty me. in consecutive days. Oh my god, goodness! What? For most people, you know, I've got a friend in Canada who trained to do a half Ironman. Trained half a year to do a half Ironman. You know, it's a yeah. To do a, Bru- to do a full yeah. Ironman is a brutal thing that people train for for a year. He did fifty in a row. Yeah. You know, physically you're in tatters even even at elite level of fitness but it's something about the mindset it's interesting because the people who have sort of achieved extreme things physically what you're talking about to get the um the guests i was going to say but the uh, the interviewees you've had in the magazine yeah. but actually for you because you've you had this accident we go back to the i suppose the root story it was about sort of what those actions reflect in terms of a mindset was it that appealed to you a sense of of seizing the the time that we have because you you suddenly realized that was precious yeah, I did. But also I, I needed a way of pulling myself out of the darkness, if you like. I mean, we, I refer to it a lot as the darkness. It's not it's not all dark. But, you know, when after my accident, um, which left me pretty broken, you know, I, I had to learn to, to talk, to, to eat, to to walk, to, you know, do everything that we take for granted again. And, and it naturally puts you into a pretty dark place. And and I just at the beginning, I, I just figured I need positivity. You know, I need mm. a way of figuring out how I can pull myself through this and and I kind of thought why not surround myself with positive stories and people yeah to help you do that you know because we're all learning you know I I didn't know how to do it but I knew I had a pretty strong mindset yes so to kind of just hear stories of of success and people doing extraordinary things for me was a pretty good focus rather than rather than going the other way and trying to figure out whether I could do anything, you know, it's. Yeah. Well, you, 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 you sort of may not be the competing Ironman, but actually what you're doing in terms of recovery is, is pretty phenomenal. Particularly there's a, there's a video that I shared on my Twitter, which people could go and look at at Ed Draper 81 uh, from yours, your Twitter handle, I think design sanctuary, just detailing this sort of the wreckage of the car you're involved in. And how long ago was this? Cause it wasn't too, too long ago. Was it Jamie? Was it uh, two and a half years? Yeah. So it was uh, 2018 in July. Whoa. So it's less than two. So it's just over two years then. It's yeah. Phenomenal. So, and you've made a pretty amazing recovery in that time. I mean, is it, how much of that was mindset, do you feel? Um, 
good question. I mean, it's it's a it's a massive mindset battle for sure. I mean, obviously it's physical because you know my body was smashed to bits. Um, but if you if you don't approach it with the right mindset, then you, you you're not going to do it. Mm. You know, it's as simple as that. You have to. I mean, I remember right back in the early days of being, you know, just before I literally went in for in for the first operations. You know, I broke my neck in two places, and it was touch and go for a bit. Wow. And um, and there was a blood clot that was kind of life threatening. Um, and I was going in. I, I remember. I remember it being wheeled in on a on a bed down the down the corridor, and just saying yeah. to my wife, "You know, I've got this." And and there was just something inside me that knew. <laughs> you know that yeah that actually i think i think i've got this and maybe that's the thing that i didn't die quite yeah. frankly you know because well you felt you felt you you had gone close but you you had that energy to pull back you could feel exactly feel it coming yeah exactly i think in the video i say that when you go to that place you know it, it does change your life forever and, and i went to that place and and i didn't die so all of a sudden you're having this conversation with yourself that actually shit i'm still here and and right now let's let's start rebuilding because mm. that's the that's the the initial fight done if you like you know i've, I've made it and i'm still in. yeah well, it's, um, amazing, it's amazing story to recover from that and the wreckage in the video is is pretty stark and powerful when when, when you watch that and I, I sort of encourage the listeners to to do that but it's it's really interesting that that sort of appreciation of life that came through in the video and what i've discussed with you in the past because um for the it's called the live life well virtual festival next week it's basically yeah. an on, online spin-off of the Cheltenham Wellbeing Festival I hosted last year and I've been doing a men's health chat with yeah. um former boxer cruiserweight champion Johnny Nelson and a guy called Anthony Asprey who runs a sort of social events almost like a a fun sort of counseling stuff for men called the whole man academy in the Cotswolds but he but we were talking about suicide rates and for men in particular, and they've spiked during lockdown, but actually it's even, even it's sort of two or sorry, a man every two hours in the UK commits suicide on average, um, yeah. which is shocking. But they, what came through with your story was just that appreciation of life and not the stresses, not the silly things that guests consume us, not silly things, but you know, the, the finance, the, <sighs> the, um, the things in life that, that hit us each time, but actually yeah. your appreciation for just the, the pure, the purity of life, the, the kind of basic experience came through. Well, it's, it's, um, it's an interesting thing. And it, it's a battle that I've had, right. Is that you, you fight for life and then, and then you, you succeed, right. So you're given life mm. and then, and then life is a battle from there on in because <laughs> because it's the start of your journey, you know. And um, you know, I've put up a couple of posts recently, as honest as I can, about about the mental health side of it because you're not prepared for that battle. You're just not. Mm. You know, you know, everybody, you, you know, you've got a physical battle on your hands, and it's up to you whether you do that or not. You know, if I didn't want to, then I could be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life because I didn't want to walk, but I chose to want to walk, and I'm, you know, you make it yeah. happen. So it's bit the, bit the, the physical stems from the mental, in a sense, there in that recovery. It does, it does. But the mental battle that you have to go through as well, you know, the ups and downs uh, are just uh, are absolute torment. Mm. Um, and you know, I've I've seeked help for that because because I needed to find help for that because because it's not something we're taught, you know. Yeah. And 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 you know, it is a bit cliche because there's, there's a lot of chat of it at the moment, but but people should genuinely go and seek 
seek help because there's nothing wrong with seeking help to to learn about something we've never been taught you know yeah and also do the things i think that, that keep us healthy not only physically and often the, the two flow together again when your body's yeah. body's well your, your mind can be but obviously you've been limited in that because of your your injuries but i also wonder through the people that you speak to us they're doing extreme things which not everyone has to do but in lockdown for me we we suddenly once the, the restrictions eased a bit spending a lot more time outdoors we we're lucky that april may was fantastic going out and i'd read about for the first time the biophilia hypothesis about being outdoors and how good it makes you feel it's interesting a lot of the people that you spoke to do in a sense a more natural right not running long marathons but human beings would have been outdoors more and, and exercising more and things like that do you think that's some of the, the truth that came through the magazine that perhaps some of the ways that we live do set us up for both physical and, and mental stress. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's uh, every single one of our contributors will uh, would be 100% behind the fact that if we go out and seek, uh, you know, outdoor activity, mm. it's, it's good for your mindset, you know? And um, I, I think the other thing with the magazine is that, like, all of these people have done pretty extraordinary things, but we've also spoken to people within it that that i don't want to say haven't done extraordinary things but you know it doesn't have to be an ultra marathon no you don't have to be an ultra elite uh, athlete to do these things you know like david lemon the guy on the front cover was in his 70s mm. he, he he walked the length of the zambezi river for self-fulfillment wow and there's something really pure about that because you know he's he's lived life to you know to a degree more than most of us mm. and and you know, I took a lot of advice from him about, or, or took a lot from him, from interviewing him about how uh, how we should do things to make us happy. You know, and yeah, he he had the Discovery Channel. You know, say to him, uh, we want to send cameras to to track you and film you, and and he turned it down. He said, no, I don't. I'm doing this for me. Mm. And there's, there's something pretty inspiring about that because that's the hard bit. You know, do something for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a huge thing. I think actually sometimes re-engineering our environment because actually we're, we're based in this world, which is very safe and, and cosy for the most part in the West. And we're very really lucky in that, in that sense. We haven't got yeah, too, sure. too many diseases bar until Corona re reared its head. But people in previous generations had lots of things like Corona to contend with. And obviously um, finding food and stuff was difficult. But in a sense, the environment of being inactive by and large, sedentary, uh, of eating processed food, all the kind of stuff, being indoors, not having da daylight a lot in our lives. I think it's yeah. we have to sort of almost fight against our environment in a, in a conscious way because I think talking to people is fantastic. And I think it is an important tool when people get to that point where they need it. But actually, if we don't have to get to that point, if we can be preemptive and have a lifestyle that, um, not notwithstanding car accidents, of course, but like just yeah, in terms of everyday life, people who may struggle because they may be doing certain work patterns, it's just having a lifestyle that's sustainable, I suppose, is the... The yeah, totally. Reevaluating. Re I think a, a lot of people have probably reevaluated re their lives in this time, mm. um, and and I think we've probably all realised what the things that actually make us happy we weren't doing enough of. Mm. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I I think you know, don't get me started on the processed food and the plastic side of things <laughs> because it's just another it's just another battle that we've all got and you know we we can we can only do our bit can't we but i think everybody should be trying to do that a little bit because yeah. collectively that's going to have a better impact than than tr doing nothing and going on as we are you know but it's mm. 
it's it, it all seems to be doom and gloom at the moment. No, it, you know? but I think I think a lot of things are connected because if you sort of care for yourself, you want to eat sort of organic local food, and then you, in, in a sense, you then have less packaging, which then helps the earth. So I think in a way, it's everyone feeling better, isn't it? It's, it's kind of yeah. there, there is a win, there's a win win aspect to it. We see it as a punishment, but actually, we might ultimately, if we get to that point, of feel better if we're eating better, living better, exercising yeah. more, things like and just simple things like going for a walk. Like you say, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be epic. No, it doesn't have to be life life affirming. You know, you you're absolutely right. A simple walk is the start. You know, mm. you know, people get the bug and they and they, a walk turns into a run and a run turns into a marathon. But but it doesn't. You know, it doesn't have to. It could just be. It's getting out there. Sean Lewis in the magazine. She talks about little offland adventures, mm. which um, which we can do in this country. You know, they're on your doorstep, and and that's about changing your lifestyle more so than doing one life affirming trip. You know. Mm. And, yeah, and so I, so we we really warmed to her and her way, her logic behind, you know, her 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 lifestyle is all about being outside, and um, she's into wild swimming. And, yeah, her Instagram uh, account, yeah. she's always got a picture of her sort of bottom about to plunge, <laughs> plunge, plunge, yeah. plunge into some sort of outdoor lake or river or something. It's quite yeah, it's great. Yeah, um, but you know, she she genuinely lives that lifestyle. You know, she holds down a job like everyone else, and she um, she's a writer and uh and and luckily she's she's managed to find a way of aligning her work and her and her play to be one thing you know but but i think it's it's there for the taking for everyone and we mm. should all you know we can all learn little bits from these people the um the second edition of soul kind we're, we're meeting about it today but it's 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 sort of coming away from the adventurers a little bit and mm. starting to look at the conservation side of things as well. Okay. Because um, that's another interesting point that, that there's a, there's an overlap where some of these people have become kind of uh, conservationists without meaning to, because, you know, when you, when you go to the jungle and you meet tribes, then you suddenly are exposed to different cultures and how mm. cultures are, are evolving and, and the bad things that are going on from a conservation side of things, you know, Pip Stewart talked about the the problems with the jungles in the Amazon, and um, and and so she she said that she became a a, a conservationist really without meaning to, but but you can't you, you know you you get um, influenced by these things and you and you can't help but be but want to do something about it, you know. Mm. That was one of the aspects of of lockdown as well we were faced with, wasn't it? Was the um, the correction that happened in the natural world very quickly it was fascinating that people weren't driving around they said yeah. what was it dolphins in in venice the himalayas were visible yeah. for the first time in centuries the kind of air pollution in los angeles sort of disappeared it was you know in a classic smoggy city it was it was really quick how that happened and then people suddenly think oh maybe this is you know when you see it in front of your eyes as much as the scientists will tell you i think that was yeah that was powerful i mean it's the figures with um with a conservation issue is that it's opening a can of worms really, isn't it? And it's how far do you go, you know, what do you write about and how far do you go? Cause, because mm. you're not going to solve the problem. Yeah. You can, only, you can only kind of, you know, create awareness of things that are going on, but it'll be, it'll be a very interesting eye opening issue if we do yeah. go down that route, because there's a lot of it going on, you know? Yeah. The complexities are people would have been worried about that. And now they're just worried about probably the sort of the reality of, of getting a job and putting food on the table. So suddenly the conservation element goes to the backdrop, but it'd be nice if we could keep all things present at the same time. And I think we have to. Yeah. 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 And it's not simple, you know, it's not, it's not black and white. Otherwise it would have been solved, wouldn't it? You know, but yeah. Uh, 
Well, it's, yeah. but it's also complex because, you, like you were saying, there, the duality of it, you've had to logistically do a big operation, which would have required a lot of emails, a lot of phone calls, a lot of uh, sort of stressful things in a, in a sense. But you had that life-affirming moment where you came close to death with the, the car accident and you sort of had that carpe diem mentality. But it's keeping that with you, isn't it? Because I've had that in the past at funerals, particularly for young people. If they passed away early, my best one of my best friends died in a car crash when I was 21, actually. And that stuck with me. And that when you're there, you're kind of like, oh, this. So this is, you know, this is temporary. It gives you a sense of let's make the most of it. But then you get bogged down in the the detail of the day to day. And actually, I mean, how have you kind of had that balance of of still having that life appreciation? Is it, does it stay with you on a daily basis, or do you have to remind yourself of of how close you came and and, and how much you cherish it? No, it's with you every day. It's, it's a daily occurrence, and I think that's part of your mental battle. You know, is that. Um, you know you do think about it every day yeah um and you have to you you know you have to try and be positive you have to try and let the positive thoughts win mm. um, but, 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 yeah. but 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 does that feeling of like I'm, I'm lucky to be alive that you probably had at the time does that stay with you that kind of moment because that's what i get at funerals where i think oh this is a gift this is something that i should make the most of and then it sort of dissipates because you have to send an email or go to the dentist yeah. or, or do whatever yeah, else no, you know right. and, it, and it no it does dissipate because because you got well, that's human nature, isn't it? You don't, you're not always mm. you can't be smiley and positive all the time. No, and and even you know, so I can say, yeah, I nearly lost my life. I I, I came within you know seconds of losing my life. Uh, you know, I, I should be thankful every day. I am thankful every day, but but you don't you don't kind of skip through every day thankful. Do you know no, what I mean? no, like, no, no. Um, and, right. and, and life's a challenge for you now, physically, isn't it? How I mean, what you got because you're going through something that you've got a what, metal bar on your leg at the moment that's been put yeah, in on this. Yeah, I've got. I mean, I'm full of metal. No, everywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm with, uh, Charlie Sheen. Run, Charlie Sheen. Uh, what's his name? Uh, run, Evil can evil around for me. But um, yeah, I've got an external frame on my leg at the moment, so I'm, you know, I'm leg up. Uh, I'm going to be probably on crutches till Christmas, and then I've got about six months of rehab again next year to try and build the leg back. So I'm, I'm still fighting through it, mm. and. Um, but but you're you know, I think the appreciation for life's always there. Anybody that's been through this will uh, will say the same thing. I'm pretty sure that you know when you're given the choice, do you want to live or die? I pretty much guarantee you, 99.9 percent people would say I want to live because yeah. nobody wants to die, right? So yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. How much empathy do you have for for disabled people after this experience as well? For the periods you've had to spend, you know, not on your feet. Yeah, do you know what? It's massive. And not not that I didn't before, but but it, it certainly opened your eyes to the to how how little maybe we've done in the past to help, mm. and and what what a mountain of stuff there is to do out there to um to make it better, you know, from the simple things like walking down the pavement, uh, you know, at the beginning when my my wife had to push the wheelchair, mm. um, just simple things like that, you know. Yeah, yeah incredible. Yeah, that, that balance as well for you to, to push yourself forward and want to do things yourself, but having to accept help. How, how difficult was that to achieve with your wife, as you say? Because you, I suppose in a sense you want to challenge yourself and, and get back to, to being mobile, but at the same time there's a reality to it that you have to accept that help. Yeah, you absolutely do. And the thing is, like, you ask anyone in my family and friends that I'm, I'm, a, stubborn, I'm a stubborn mule, you know, so <laughs> you, you, you want to do everything yourself. But um, there's, there's a pride there's a pride element isn't there that um that mm. makes you makes you not want to rely on other people but i think as soon as it's the quicker you can accept it um and, and ask for help 
and and you know take that take that help willingly then i think that helps you for sure yeah. i mean intrigued as well because working in the media when i was at journalism school 15 16 years ago there was obviously projections of of what they were calling at the time media convergence where the sort of hard print would get phased out and things like that i was curious as to as to why you chose a physical magazine because obviously you're kind of enmeshed in the the digital world being a graphic designer but was it something important about that that you wanted a a physical product to come out of this oh yeah yeah t- totally because uh because you you can't smell an email can you no <laughs> do you know what i mean but you could do it you could have done an online magazine couldn't you but it's something i this i you know i subscribe to esquire and we've had national geographic there's something powerful about a, a nice magazine that's, that's almost like a little world you can go into yeah and the thing is like my my background is in is in graphic design but i was I kind of was in the industry on the cusp of the of the digital wave. So my my kind of early background is in traditional print and mm. and design, you know, and and I've always cherished holding something in your hand, you know, it, it's it's a tangible thing and it has longevity, you know, a a digital a digital file will be, you know, put down and lost forever mm. along with every other digital file once you've once you've I don't even think you read it properly on no. screen, you know. There's a lot of, distra- lot of distractions when you're online, isn't there, typically? Especially if you're reading on your phone or something, you're getting texts yeah. and WhatsApps and things. Yeah. And-, and for me, this is an experience. This magazine is an experience to kind of pick up and put down, you know, and, mm. and read twice, read three times if you want. You know, you're not going to read a digital file three times. Once you've read it, you dispose of it. And that's, that's fine. But, but for me, and, you know, I've always had a love of print. Mm. Um, I just wanted to see something that could be on people's desks and they could they could kind of cherish it, you know? Yeah, it becomes part of the home, doesn't it, in a way? It, it, like, the yeah. design element to it, you know? It's sort of interesting that if I get a nice magazine, my wife will put it in the in the living room because she's a designer as well and in a certain position just to yeah, reflect, sure. reflect the room and, and, and kind of create an ambience with it. Because so, it's something that's, relaxing it, about magazines and, and books. I think so. And it would be, the, you know, this is more than a magazine. It's a publication stroke, stroke book, if you like, that, mm. you know, I'd love to see it on people's shelves, you know, because we want to do more editions. So yeah. We need subscribers to uh, to help us carry on doing it, so that soul kind one two three four five six can be on people's shelves, you know. And mm. I, I, I'd love to be able to look back at soul kind edition edition one in five years, and and know that we've you know we've we've met so many different amazing people, mm. and and um, we can only do that with subscriptions, really, which is a real. Like, <laughs> uh, a real shameless plug but you know well no well yeah but we, how much how much did it cost you guys do you feel to put it all together i mean it's hard to again i can put, put a figure on your time as well isn't it that's the, the difficulty yeah. i mean it, it's it's taken us two and a half years mm. to get to get it to fruition um but obviously once you've created the first edition the second edition starts to roll a little bit easier but you know there's a there's a lot of a lot of content for your money mm. and i think um yeah, you can't really put a price on it like that. Yeah, you know, we, that, but... <laughs> we we started um, we started Solo Kind as a passion project, you know, because we as as two creatives wanted to do something slightly different with our time, mm. and and then all of a sudden it was like, hang on a minute, you know, this thing's becoming a little bit real, and and once we'd done the first couple of interviews, it was like, right, we can't turn back now. We have to we have to do this thing. But yeah, but right from the beginning is we never approached it as a business to make money. We approached it as a as a as a piece of of design work that Inspira- might make, inspiration, yeah, 
yeah, that might make money one day if people start buying it. And and I I guess that's where we're at. Is that there's this there's a there's a kind of slight juggling act mm. where where it's more than just a, a piece of creative work and it's a business. And for it to continue from the business side, it has to you know the numbers have to trickle in. Well, the me- um, the media has been locked in this conundrum for a while, hasn't it? Particularly print newspapers. Um, yeah. They, because the the question is, can you can you switch online because that's where readers want but typically the way the internet revolutions happen people have had so much free content they're not prepared to pay for content the, the papers like the times now have a subscription model which apparently as far as i Correct. know is working um to a certain extent but it's difficult to know how you get public to pay for it because the advertising revenue isn't comparable is it that's a difficult thing you may get more more readers online but it doesn't then translate to what people got in the old world on, on print so it's always been those financial Absolutely. financial and figures and we're not actually we, we don't have advertising at the moment, because no. because I don't I don't you know I don't want to read I don't want to pick up a magazine that's half full of of adverts I want pure content you know mm. um, and, th- and there's an argument you know we could have just done a podcast let's face it that'd be easier wouldn't it Well I was going to say because because this is obviously free um, I've got a little I've got really lucky to have a, a couple of people Bang Olufsen Cheltenham local sh- local stores has helped me a little yeah. bit with the podcast but not not huge amounts of money but just a bit of sponsorship and actually that belief of them backing it has been significant but you're right that digitally you could do something although you would you know i think that again you've gone to do in-person interviews in the united states of america and we, we know the zoom revolution has happened the past six months you can do that but yeah it's not the same as sitting and spending time with someone i don't think that you get the quality and you know we'll probably it's sit really down not. soon and do an interview when you're hopefully in the new year when you're, you're better and, and sit down and have a chat and i think it's different have a beer or a cup of coffee and you can have a record a podcast i know it's materially different different in terms of the the connection you have and i think um it is it, you put a lot into it so you think ultimately i think it's it's getting the psychology right for people to to accept almost paying for certain things isn't it it's what we, we accept that we Absolutely. pay for certain things and it's just getting our head around that quality yeah. content because we've had a lot of free on the internet people put a lot out but ultimately everyone wants to get paid i know that netflix is really cheap but i as i understand it netflix is in a, a world of debt so it's 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 a difficult world to, to, yeah to... well like you look at these big corporations that you know they all run on millions and millions and millions of pounds worth of debt don't they and, and i kind of think well how you know how does that function it doesn't that doesn't compute in my head no um, you need just, you, you need a billion numbers, you need a bi- you need a billion subscribers <laughs> to make it work yeah exactly yeah. and actually like there's a there's a real surge of indie mags at the moment because people want they they want print and they want that longevity of of media they don't, it's not a throwaway thing you know yeah and and like, it's interesting you say about the like the dynamic we have with the people is what makes the interviews and what makes the stories if we if we hadn't made the effort to go and meet these people yeah then the reception from those people wouldn't be the same which meant i couldn't write the article that i did about what it's like to meet these people and it's and so what we're doing is we're breaking down these barriers as like this is the person and this is what it's like to meet them yeah and that's a really interesting thing and it's an interesting dynamic to try and get right because if you look at you know a lot of these people have said you know they 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 do they do magazine uh, magazine interviews all day long mm. <clears throat> and and most of them are done over skype yeah and most of them will feature uh images that are sent that they've taken and they've had to supply you know yeah Whereas we don't do that. We just turn up two of us with a with a dictaphone and a camera and we have a chat and we get to know them. And we have a laugh and we have a beer if they want to go for a beer. And then we, you know, we spend an afternoon on a, doing a shoot. And then we go away and we put it all together. And it's, 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 na- it's it, natural. It feels it's relaxed. that natural little nugget that we're trying to capture 
to break down the barriers of like these people yeah yeah otherwise you get a kind of um a press not not sort of deliberately but people will go into sort of almost press release summaries and and kind of um sort of in a detached way and i think it's interesting with the the media side of it because obviously we're having a, a phone call now and people have been doing zoom but it's almost like that is the sort of junk food alternative to real human contact yeah, you know what? it kind it of get, it gets you through it's enough to you know i've written boxing articles for sky sports from home speaking to boxers on the phone and stuff and it's it, yeah. it, we, it gives the website some content and we've been able to do that but actually there's a depth and a texture which is probably like eating organic food that you're growing in your garden or something it's a different, a yeah, different it is. Quite, it's, not... it's more nourishing to, to have that proper face-to-face interview it is, and I think like like the obviously digital media has its place, right? It's never going to go away. I'm not, no, you know that's not really the the point here. I think the point is is that it has its place, but so does so does print, and so does kind of the way we're doing this thing. In the indie indie magazine culture, everybody will talk about a niche, and before you even embark on a project, you have to have an idea with a niche, mm. and that niche is an audience, right? But it's a small audience because indie mag audiences are quite are naturally quite small mm. but but once you find that niche then then you're kind of onto a good thing and i think that's what we've done is that we have found that a, a niche that's really really simple it's just basically finding people that are quite inspirational with with cool stories and talking to them yeah and a cool perspective i suppose is the key isn't yeah it? what people want people want sort of to have maybe their own ideas reaffirmed or, or new ideas of of how to live and how to appreciate life yeah so it's not you know this isn't this isn't some mastermind idea that we've come up with it's just it's just kind of fallen into place and it feels quite nice mm. it feels feels current and it and it, for me the the biggest thing about it is it feels honest mm. and and I think that's what people are buying into it's just the honesty you know and and even from a from a photographic point of view you know we've we've thought about it long and hard and that these aren't overly stylized shoots they're just almost stripped back to the bare bones of people you know it's just these people in their natural environments mm. and and the images speak for themselves and there's something just quite honest and, and natural about that i quite like it what was the most powerful thing that someone said to you or or you gained from some was it the older people that you felt as sort of a wisdom that they'd acquired i don't yeah maybe david lemon like he's got he's full of wisdom one of them was don't don't plan anything <laughs> what when you but, go on an expedition yeah he did he walked the length of the zambezi river yeah and he said me. um he said i didn't plan it i just kept the river on my right which <laughs> i thought you know that's plan enough isn't it i wouldn't um, i wouldn't go to the arctic without a plan that's for sure but i don't know no, i know <laughs> yeah exactly but um you know i i found myself uh, stood in a garage in Hollywood with Aaron Baker talking about what it's like to almost die and that was a pretty significant moment I'd say wow. in my life to be honest mm-hmm. um, you know and, and he again you'll you know hopefully people will buy the magazine and read the story but he had a motor, motocross accident when he was uh, 20 mm. and he broke his neck in two two places and uh, he was told he'd never walk again and um at the time, my friend had just come over from Canada and she said, look, there's this documentary I think you should watch. Uh, it's called Coming to My Senses. And it was his documentary about basically, you know, he was told he couldn't and he would never. And he felt a twinge in his toes. And he, uh, and he thought, actually, if there's a little twinge, then I can make that twinge a little bit bigger. And, yeah. and over time, he taught himself to, you know, taught his brain to use his muscles again and use his limbs and and essentially coming to my senses his documentary is about him walking across death valley mm. uh 200 200 
I don't know how many, you know, 20, was it 25 miles? Oh, wow. Uh, don't quote me on that. I've been to Death Valley in an air-conditioned car, and that was tough enough even stepping outside. I mean, you got out of the yeah. swimming pool, it, you, you dry in about 20 seconds, so it's uh, but, anomaly um, warm. So, so Aaron's story, basically, you know, he, he technically, he died while he was in the hospital, and they had to resuscitate him. So yeah. he actually went to the other side, and, you know, he was talking to me in his garage about how that felt, you know, how calm everything was, and how, how the light was there, and and... Mm. That was a very obscure moment for me in my life to be able to go there with somebody, mm. uh, and it and it's bonded us. You know, we've we've become quite good friends. Uh, although he lives on the other side of the world, you know, he's he's played a pretty big part in my life, and um, I'd say he's you know he that's the thing for me I've taken out of Soul Kind. That's that's the one thing I remember is you know. But there's you know, but there's loads of things. Within, yeah. You know, speaking to all these people, they're all inspirational, and that's the whole point. Well, it's just, li- just listening to you there, though, and listening to your story as well. Clearly, there's struggles, psychological and physical, in, in recovery, but, and talking about Aaron there. Um, yeah. But I sometimes wonder if there's growth through that difficulty and adversity, and some and part of the message maybe some of the people you speak to is that we crave adversity and difficulty. We would have had it every day, hunting or, or, or hunter-gathering or whatever we were doing as humans. We, it, we wanted a sense of accomplishment. And I wonder sometimes, although we have this craving for comfort because that was natural when survival was hard, you wonder whether now that acts against us. And Because I've even, even silly things like during lockdown, I tried to learn how to skip because I've never done it. I had a skipping rope in the <laughs> garage. Just little things like that, like, you know, taking up golf, taking up a new sport, taking up, trying to learn a language. Yeah. Sometimes we feel better and happier when we are out of that comfort zone. But when we get adults, it's quite easy sometimes to plateau and find that comfort groove. But I'm not sure whether people, whether that's connected with some of the rise in depression and things like that, that, that actually doesn't necessarily make us feel good. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's such a it's a topic that you can you can talk about and talk about and talk about. I, and it will. I'm sure it's a topic that will be talked about for a long, long time because. I, I don't know what the answer is, you know? Yeah. And, um, but you, you've progressed, haven't you? You must have felt an achieved sense of achievement from progressing from where you were to where you are now and, and continuing as, as frustrating as it must be at times. Yeah, I have. But the trouble is, and, and I think this is maybe what a lot of people go through, is that you don't, you, you don't feel that in yourself a lot of the time. You know, mm. people are all, always saying to me, look what you've done, look where you've come from. But for me, I'm, I'm just looking at tomorrow and how I can better today. Yeah, do you know what I mean? But you have to. And, but you have to have. Yes, yeah, so you don't want to. You don't want to be content and and sort of settle for something. But at the same, I mean, that's the kind of one of the issues of life, isn't it? You want to be proud of what you how you far you've come, but not almost give up and say this is enough. It's that, but that balance, I suppose, to have that hunger but that contentment yeah. at the same time. And maybe just people don't like self praise. You know, I think mm. that's part of it as well. Is that you know, it's nice to praise other people, but sometimes to take take compliments yourself and give yeah. yourself self praise is. It's something that we all struggle with a little bit, I think. I think if you, then, if you came along before Instagram, I think you probably do. It might have changed a bit now. A bit, yeah. But then I think people, maybe maybe that doesn't make people feel good. All the self-promotion that, that some of the, the social media sites encourage is, is difficult. No, absolutely not. And I, and I know for a fact that people will look back in, in a few years' time at their posts mm. and think, shit, what was I doing? Yeah. You know, uh, uh, because it's just superficial, isn't it? A lot of it. Mm. 
Um, yeah. You know, what, what are they striving well, for? Well, I, 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 I don't take many selfies, but if I ever have done, I always think about what my granddad would have made of it and just think, oh, man. Yeah, do you know what? Yeah. I, I totally get you. Yeah. And I've actually, I've got a slightly wonky eye, so mine always looks shit anyway. Well, it's a good picture of you in the magazine or around the magazine, certainly the promotion that I've seen from, from your, your, good, your good buddy, Chris Bolton. But it's interesting because we, we talked about the medium, and I think I've always because for the podcast it could have potentially got a video set up but i actually like the medium of audio and i think obviously it's an older medium and i think there's an obsession with video youtube and it's counterintuitive because i work as a presenter on on sky sports and television but i think audio has sometimes a quality to it and a connection that i find it sometimes easier than zoom calls now to listen to you and and, and dial in it's it's interesting how sometimes the the older experiences and the mediums can can be rewarding yeah for sure and there's um, I, funny enough, I watched a program yesterday on uh, on Amazon about um, actually it was on Red Bull, and and there's a there's a thing which is purely about sound, and uh, a sound recordist in India trying to trying to um, uh, suggest what Mumbai would be as a sound if you could <laughs> if you could like conjure up a sound that was India and Mumbai. What yeah. Would it be? And, it's, it's a, and you're right, it's a really interesting medium, right? It's different. It's not visual. It's, no. It's, it's you know, it's different. It's complimentary as well. I like listening to podcasts when you're driving around. Obviously, the radio is the, the, the predecessor to that. And I love, still love listening to sport on the radio, which is bizarre. Because yeah. you think in lots of ways, you've been able to see it, it's, it's better. But somehow, I think it, you can do other things, but also you tune into to people and their stories, sometimes in a better way than, than sort of staring at a, a YouTube screen. And I think, you know, you can't lament. It's that balance of, of us the responsibility of using things technology is quite new and, and just using it in a good way not getting lost in a sort of um paranoid well, tw- tw- twitter twitter wormhole you could actually record a podcast like this have a good conversation we, it's enabled us to do good things but it's also come along with some some sort of human baggage hasn't it sometimes yeah for sure I, yeah you're absolutely right and like you know the, like some of the technolo- technological developments like this are, uh, are what makes technology so amazing Mm. but you're absolutely right like i remember going back to what my granddad might think god bless him i remember showing him um showing him pictures of the pubs that we used to drink at so we were you know we got into the conversation about about some of the pubs on the river in gloucestershire and um as he was telling me i was googling them on my uh iphone 4 at the time (laughs) and um and he and he picked up i think it was called the anchor or the boat down on the river seven yeah and um and I and I showed him a picture of it in my phone, and and he was blown away by it. And yeah. He, and he said to me, I remember, I always remember. He said to me, "How do they get it in there?" Yeah, yeah. And yeah. do you know what? And I thought, yeah. I've got no idea. I, I, my brain, <laughs> my brain is still like that actually. But we actually do think you got like a portal to uh, any part of the world in your pocket. It's, it is yeah. incredible in that sense, isn't it? And that you could it's call... the devil's work. It's and the it, devil's work. And it's you, yeah. that. So leave it. You know, let's leave it there. But yeah. But you know. But that's technology for you, isn't it? It's incredible. Use great power. You got to use it. You know, use it for good. You know, it's kind of that's the, the key, isn't it? Rather than yeah, rather than is. spend your time sort of uh, engaged in tribalism on social media or whatever it is. So. Exactly, exactly. But going back to the magazine, that's why for me, print will you know that print will never die no. because people need that that sense of of tangibility you know mm. and, and we're always ta- 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 tactile experience of it yeah, yeah it's got to be that that whole tactile thing and and, and you know we're always going to be up against the people that say well you're printing a magazine so it's bad for the environment but i think we we are trying to do it in in the best way we can do it possible mm. you know and that's it's the only downside of print is that it's you know 
mm. it's, it's not the best thing for the environment. But there again, if if it's a niche audience and we're not printing for the sake of printing, then, you know, I think it's definitely got its place. Did you consider the tactile experience or the, type, the feel of the paper, the type of paper? Because I know that. Yeah, because I'm a designer, aren't I? I mean, yeah. it's, it's what we do. And, you know, I'd, I'd send it back with any, I'd send it back if it wasn't right, because it's got to be, it's got to be right. But... It's got to feel, feel like quality and, and yeah. to it. Yeah. And, you know, I've been doing it for 20 years and it's been my life print. So, you know, it's, um, it's part of the, it's, it's part of the thing about getting it back, you know, and and seeing it and touching it. It's yeah, it's just that tactile journey you go on. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I like I like the fact that I can put up a pick up a magazine. And I think there is a sort of a sense of um, a, a fresh world to it that you can an experience that's very different to reading online. Because as I say, you can probably be vigilant and turn off all your alerts and stuff like that. But still, I think there's a a tendency to distract it, to click on a link or look up this person, Google their Wikipedia page, whatever it might be. Whereas when you're in a magazine, you sort of reliant on the, the author and the photographer to, to give you their experience. And actually it's a lot more immersive in, in lots of ways. And it's, yeah, and that's it, a nice way. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I, and I associate online rightly or wrongly with, a, with work. So for me, it's like, it's nice to remove yourself from work often and emails and, and be in a different, different space where you can leave your phone in the other room and have a, have an experience but jamie where could tell us about where we can find the magazine because i will put a, a link to the website soulkind website on the show notes but just let us know where we can go to, to follow you and the magazine to get the magazine yeah amazing so we're we're selling it online at soulkindpeople.co.uk mm. uh, and we're trying to get our, get our heads around the world of social media and um and look at the different channels there so, so <laughs> it's hard in, it's hard isn't it to promote is to promote even your own products and sort of provide content as well it's no honestly and, and i mean i was i've been in the industry a long time and i was supposed to be the man that was the bridging gap between online and offline and it's, and it's like <laughs> I, even now i'm starting to struggle but so we were we were brought up as a different world you weren't you weren't supposed to praise yourself and, and put yourself out there and things were you that's a yeah thing, i know it? it's a strange phenomenon right but but we we're trying to use Instagram to, to to gain a bit of a following. Yeah. Um. So so if people want to follow us on Instagram, soul kind people, um, that would be amazing. And you're very down to earth as well because it's inspirational topics. But you said it's like just a Gloucestershire bloke writing a writing an article. You said it came across as rather than you mentioned internet. Uh, it, sorry, the Instagram. A lot of people try and be sort of very profound and eloquent, don't they? When sometimes yeah, it's sort of just I could try, mate. Down. But it, I think. <laughs> but you know. The meaning of life is, <laughs> yeah, no. you know, like you kind of, uh, you know, sort of, I think there's a lot of Instagram posts I see like that where someone's got the answer or the secret, but actually just saying these are cool people who are, you know, really, really interesting to listen to and, and, and read about. I think it's sometimes for me, it's more powerful when people just tell it like it is. Yeah, exactly. And, I, you know, when I, um, I was, we were going through the kind of proto prototype stage, if you like, and, uh, I gave a couple of the articles to my friend over the road and uh, he came back to me and he said, he said, yeah, I quite like them. He said, but it, it, they sound like they're written from a guy from Gloucester. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, you know what? I'll, I'll take that because I am from Gloucester. Yeah. And I, and I write like I talk. And for me, I think that's going to make people uh, be able to read it. Modern, you get a lot modern... of magazines that, that kind of say a lot without saying anything. Mm. And they're very similar because they're written in the same style. That's you know, yeah. Accepted. But... I don't, I don't have many long words, so <laughs> it's, a, it's an easy read. You're, 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 you're authentic. 
to quote the modern sort of parlance, mate. That's what you've got. You've got the, you the, the that, auth- authenticity, which is apparently key. Although you then have to find out who, who you actually authentically are before you can do that. So it's all very complicated. But uh, it sounds yeah. like a great project. Mate. I'm looking forward to reading it. And um, and also, I think on that note, you made an important point earlier. People may uh, recoil at uh, paying a, a decent fee. I think it's £15, isn't it? Is that right? But actually... It's, it's biannual and 15 quid. So 30, oh, quid, okay. 30 quid a year. Oh, okay. Uh, or I think we're doing a... I think I should know this, but, but I think we're doing a discount for subscriptions now, which is 27.50 or 25 quid. So, oh, okay. But you referenced, so, you referenced the sort of thing that it is practically a book, isn't it? I mean, yeah. what, what size is this beast? Because you've, you've got it's a lot 100... of content. Off the top of my head, I think it's 168 pages. With no advertisements in it. With no adverts, no. So it's pure, pure written content and photography. And um, yeah, it's a, I, for me, it's a lot of bang for your buck, you know? Yeah, well, people pay for books, don't they? That's the thing. It's, I think it's, and it's strange because effectively it's the same hundreds of pages with great photography, great articles, yeah. fascinating characters, good stories. I think it's, it's effectively the same thing, but it's just that, that conceptual thing. But I think it's great. And I think it's... So it's yeah, we've got... We got into a bit of a price war. Well, not a price war, but a price <laughs> discussion, you know, about like, you know, where, where should we pitch it? And, you know, is £10 too cheap? Is £20 too expensive? You've got to find that kind of, yeah. clint, you know, that, that kind of threshold and that well, biting point for people. But I think 15 quid's all right. I mean, I'd buy it. Well, the size <laughs> of it, I mean, would you, were you tempted to do like monthly ones, but smaller? Or is it, you think that the, the sort of compendium kind of massive edition is, is the better way to go? Because I suppose what a lot of, monthly magazines will be smaller than that but they do sort of six pounds a month wouldn't they i mean i'm not going to yeah. get into the complexities of it but effectively yeah over, think... the, over the year you're probably offering at least the same amount of content for the same price or less price so i think it's it's all balances so. out yeah and, and the trouble is we both you know we both work full-time and um although obviously i've struggled with the accident but but chris is a full-time photographer so you know mm. we, we, we we've got day jobs to hold down i run my own company so um you know, it's a lot of work. And you shouldn't, feel, you shouldn't feel uh, sort of shy about wanting to, to potentially make money out of it. I think that's a very British thing when I lived in the States. And people, <laughs> yeah, maybe. people were like very open about making money like it was a good thing. Whereas I think sometimes in England, it's almost like you're supposed to hide the fact that you've got mortgages and bills and all the rest of it to pay. And, you know, that we, yeah. it's sort of like it's, it's a curious one that sometimes people are sort well, of... Well, I think the thing for me is, though, is that like when, when, when you have a life-changing uh, accident, money's not my priority anymore, right? So... no. Um, you know, I, I, I look for happiness elsewhere. Not that money made me happy before, but, you know, we yeah. all strive to make money to do better things. To consume, like, consume, but... consume more, get bigger things. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so, so it's, for me, the focus of this magazine is about inspiring people and changing lives, not about making money, but, but essentially... You do need a bit. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, for us to continue doing it, we're going to need, you know, we've committed to the first two. Yeah, but to do three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever. We we're going to need some, yeah, well, some some investment and some help to to keep continue it. But ultimately, subscribers, right? Because if we can get a thousand, two thousand subscribers, then it then it's fine. We you know it covers itself. You got a pot to, can, yeah. It, well, someone yeah. a simple way of it taking the emotion out of money because people sometimes find it sensitive to talk about it was to to refer to money as energy. And I think particularly in your scenario, you're painting there. I think that's very apt because actually that money will give, give you the energy to, to do more sort of globe trotting and, and, and reach out to more inspiring characters when, you, when you're allowed to travel more and when this pandemic lifts, at least. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, the, the money is always going to be an issue, but um, if we get subscribers, then the money takes a back hey, seat, doesn't it? You know, you know, somebody gave us some advice at the beginning and, and they said, look, if, you, if you're going to make a magazine, don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, great. <laughs> 
because it's financial suicide. But, you know, it, it doesn't matter to me because I want to inspire people and I want people to read it. So, yeah, well, if anyone does it, you know, all these magazines started somewhere, Harper Bazaar, Esquire, all these iconic names, I think, you know, and I think it's why not? Why not do it? And I think it's a powerful piece and it's powerful content. It's important. I think the fact you're so motivated, I think that is the, the key aspect to it. And I recommend that everyone go and check out the magazine online and, and order a copy. Yeah, um, that'd be really cool, man. I really, I, and, I, and I really appreciate that because, you know, it's, um, I, I think I said it in the video that, that if, if it could help change one people, one person's life that's going through some sort of trauma or some difficulties, mm. and I know it's a bit cliche, but if it could change one person's life, then, then for me, that's, it's kind of done its job you know yeah and i think we're but, gonna yeah i think we have to get our head around the sort of sugar candy free content we get online the clickbait stuff and actually the quality content at some point people's time energy and skill is put into it be it you know yourself designing or writing and, and chris for taking the pictures actually we do have to to reward that and i think we get sort of consumed with a lot of low quality fast food content and, and, and for the other stuff the in-depth stuff we'll miss that if we uh if we don't sort of subscribe to these 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 products I'm not saying everyone has to subscribe to to one particular magazine but just generally as an outlook i think we've got a lot of content but not necessarily the depth of it because you need to pay reporters and journalists and photographers money to to spend their time yeah yeah absolutely yeah and and the thing is with the indie mags is that the uh they really are niche and if you once you go get into that kind of wormhole of looking at indie <laughs> mags, there's some bizarre stuff out there that's like so neat. You think, how does this yeah. even function? You know, I think there was one about Brad Pitt's clothing. You know, there's a whole <laughs> really, you know, it's, yeah, it's completely random. I love it. It's amazing. Is he letting them know what he's wearing then every day? Or I suppose <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I I haven't uh, been there to like look at it in detail, but right. I just heard I heard a rumor. Yeah. Well, he's still he's still looking good. To be fair, Brad Pitt once upon a time in Hollywood is uh, in his fifties. Yeah, unbelievable. So whatever he's doing, what, what he's wearing, or whatever he's eating is uh, is probably inspirational. So maybe yeah, check that one out. But um, Jamie, thank you very much. We'll um, we'll uh, hopefully I'll put in the show notes the, the link to the, the website for the magazine, and we'll hopefully meet up very soon. Have a, have a cup of coffee and, and catch up. But good work on Mate. it. Great work, and um, and we'll speak soon. Yeah, thanks, Ed. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care, buddy. All right, take it easy, mate. See ya. Fascinating chat with Jamie Rudd. Do check out Soulkind online. Share it on social media, the magazine. Um, I think it's, again, a, a strike. And I hope, wish him all the luck with it, a, a strike for quality investment of talented people, albeit he said he's new to the writing game, but he's been around words, obviously, of production for a long time. But the design element, his time, the photography of Chris, their sort of endeavour to go around the world and interview fantastic people who have wonderful tales but also hopefully wonderful lessons to share and insight that it is worth um, maybe paying for, for things to, to encourage that quality of content rather than the clickbait generic what does this celebrity look like now kind of thing not to tarnish too many people who may do that for a living but you know what I mean that sense of of, um, of someone talented and experienced investing their time in a product and then offering it up to the market which maybe we've lost in the sort of volume and the avalanche of of easy, cheaply made free content um, that quality practitioners producing um, a product. As I say, I love the immersive experience of, of checking out a magazine. So check out Soulkind. Thank you to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham. Check uh, out their website, Bang Olufsen Cheltenham, and indeed social media as well. If, um, if you're looking for supplements, remember cytoplan.co.uk, looking to boost your immunity, optimize your immunity, I think is the correct parlance I've been told by 
doctors like Dr. Ronaf Crook, local guy who's been on the podcast, local general practitioner. Um, go to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, and you can get a 10% discount with the code DRAPER10, my last name, all caps, D-R-A-P-E-R, then one zero. So I hope you are well. Our little girl's gone back to school really well, enjoyed it this week, thriving on it. Good to get away from the olds, us, and uh, back with her friends. So I hope if you've had a similar experience, if your kids are out there going to school or you're going back to work, that it's it's gone well. Perhaps we can edge towards that sort of return of freedom, of uh, ability to move around. And some good stuff on the New Scientist, if you want to check it out, the New Scientist websites where I got a lot of my sort of information around COVID-19 and optimistic pieces about how the virus itself may be diminishing potency and its level of danger to us just for as a survival tactic for a virus. So that was interesting. So check out the New Scientist, not that I'm an expert, but hopefully cause for optimism that we can stave this off and uh, move towards a good time. Have a great week and a weekend, guys, and I'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. Bye-bye for now.